You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are sitting down with uh, one of my good friends and co-workers, Samantha. Samantha owns a gym out in the middle of nowhere. I'll let her talk about it. And uh, she has a really amazing program, and we're going to talk to her. So if you are someone who is in a small area, or you think you're from a small town, or you're thinking about starting a gym in not a major metro area. Samantha has a lot of expertise in that because that's what she lives day in and day out as a gym owner. So Samantha, why don't you, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and your gym? Yeah. So I'm Samantha Losak. I started my gym back, would have been in 2016 um, in my hometown. I went to college and was going to be a doctor and it just didn't feel right. I was getting applying to med school and it just didn't feel right to leave home. So I started my gym when I graduated. I'm in a town of just under a thousand. So about as small as you can get. And we've grown now. We're just over 200 kids. So we have a little bit of everything just to kind of make it, you know, make sense in that small of a town. But our all-star program kind of continues to really slowly grow. We're up to um, probably about 75 all-star kids, you know, between all the programs, um, tumbling, ninja. Uh, we do childcare now. Um, I'm in the beginning stages of hopefully building a swim school and a licensed preschool. So yeah, I've just kind of added a little bit of everything there just to really kind of give back to my community and make sure that, you know, we have all the resources that I didn't have when I was a kid because I would drive an hour to go, you know, to tumbling class or to cheer class or whatever it was. So I just, I just felt the need to give back to my community and come back here where they gave me everything when I was growing up. So, so was that really the main driving factor for deciding to open a gym was just that giving back and community aspect? For the most part, yeah. So I was in college and I actually had um, a parent reach out to me. They had kind of seen me cheer in high school and whatever. And they asked me to do tumbling classes with their kids. So I drove like once a week back home. It was about an hour drive and would do tumbling classes with these two little girls. They were actually the flower girls at my wedding. I got really close with them, but it got to where I had, I think like 20 kids we would roll out one mat that was like the school's mat I would borrow. And I did it in the school, actually like on their stage, not even in the gym. And it, it just kind of grew there. I kind of grew up like a, you know, that kind of made me feel the need and kind of saw that there was all these kids that wanted to enjoy this. And if I didn't do it, then no one would. And they would miss out on kind of that love that I had. And they wouldn't get a chance to experience everything that I'd got to experience when I was, you know, their age. So. Okay. And family life, are you at, uh, you said you're just out of college at this point, married, what's going on with all that? So yeah, I had a boyfriend who I did end up married. I'm still married to now, but um, at the time, you know, he was just kind of along for the ride. He really didn't have a say in anything. I just said, Hey, I'm doing this and uh, good luck. He was still in college. He uh, was in Branson. So even a little further from me and um you know, he was expecting to live off my doctor's salary. And I'm like, well, actually scratch that. I'm going to, you know, open this gym instead. But he's been on board ever since and um, <laughs> kind of, you know, just been along for the ride. He always likes to say that I'm, I'm driving the bus and he's just riding it. So, yeah, we I mean, I've got two little kids now that um, the, the gym's just kind of evolved with me. I, of course, got married. 
Um, I got engaged the week after my gym opened. So that was kind of fun. And then now two kids later, I've got, you know, Seely's two and then Shipley just turned five. So the gym has really evolved with me as I've kind of went from, you know, single me to mom me and kind of I've molded it and kind of made it what it needs to be so that it, it's still a successful program, but also I am a good mom too. So that's been fun um, with NextGen. Um, actually, I kind of came across NextGen when um, Shipley was a month old, my oldest, and I brought my husband with me and he sat actually in the lobby with our kid and I would go, you know, nurse her in between classes and stuff. And we got to the end of the conference. And I'm like, hey, Seth, I'm going to do this thing. I don't really know what it is, but I'm going to do it. And he was like, okay, I guess whatever. And kind of that was the start of my next gen journey. And, you know, I don't know where I'd be without it because, you know, you don't know that love when you have a kid. And then once you have them, you just don't want to miss out on all the things they're doing. And that next gen has kind of given me that. So I really didn't know what next gen was at that point. I, you know, I just kind of knew it was this opportunity and I, I decided just to go for it and see what would happen. And it was just really great for me because it gave me this opportunity to never miss out on things with my kids. Shelly talked about and still gets really emotional when she brings up missing out on a lot of her kids' childhoods. And I, that's kind of what hit me that I didn't want to miss out on my kids. I love work and I like time away from my kids, but I also really like my kids too. And so it, it's created this balance for me that, you know, I go in the gym and I get my work done, but then I'm home at night when the kids go to bed. And I, you know, I've never missed any of Shipley's ball games or soccer games where she does nothing, but I'm still there, right? You know, her school trips, all the things I get to do that. And that's really what next gen's given me is that freedom to run a successful program, but I'm still, I'm not missing a thing with my kids and I wouldn't have it any other way now that I, I see that side of it. Yeah. I mean, you uh, certainly skipped a lot of the mistakes that many of us older gym owners have made in our early years of of, you know, doing the grind always. And how do you, how do you manage your time? Because there is that, that belief that you just need to always be working. You have, if you're a small business owner, there's no other way than to work 16 to 20 hours a day with no days off, no sick days, no childcare, no anything. In fact, I, I just did an episode on it two episodes ago. How do you make that work? So you don't have to do that. You know, I've got great staff and I probably don't tell them enough, but um, my managers here at my gym are incredible. Um, I can pretty much turn anything over to them. And at this point, I I know it will be taken care of. I think that's number one for me is finding those people that are in your corner that are 100% like they love your business just as much as you. And I think that's incredible for me for them. I was away from my gym for six weeks last year um, when my dad had an accident and they had a day's notice. I said, Hey, I'm going to be gone. I don't know when I'll be back. And they, they just like took over. And that was like the realization for me that they were doing better than probably I was when I was there. And so since then, even more so I've stepped back and let them kind of let them lead and let them see how incredible they are on their own because they don't need me, you know, behind the back every second. And then as far as just getting things done, it just takes planning your time. I, I do way more than just my business here. You know, I obviously help with NextGen. Now I coach with NextGen. I get to help clients. I have another boutique with my mother. And the key to keeping it all straight is, is just managing my time. I look at my week and I say, okay, I've got this many hours. What can I stick where? And I just make sure that I allot time for all those things. And 
I usually can get it all done. I, I sometimes don't know how I do, but it's just managing your time and making sure that the things that are a priority get put on your calendar and you don't want your family to not be the priority. So you put them on your calendar first and you find the time for them and then work fits around it. There are still times, you know, I work late at night, but that's because I made it a priority to have, you know, five to eight o'clock with my kids. So I think that's where you just, you need to put your priorities on your calendar first and then worry about the rest after. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that is such a a key point. So you look at your calendar every single week and then set your hours. You don't just have like a standard schedule. Um, not generally. No. So, I mean, I know generally speaking, I'll be at the gym every like daytime, but that doesn't mean I'll be working on gym things. That just, that's like my kind of go-to work times. But if I ever have, you know, if I look that week and I, I have a massage that week, then I'm like, okay, I have a massage this day. I can't work this day. So I'm going to get it all in on Wednesday, right? Or by looking at the whole week at a, like, at a glance, then I'm able to kind of push things around and make it happen versus if I had a set rigid schedule, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, I think that's something when I'm talking with clients too about scheduling their time, it's it shouldn't just be like, you know, I have to work from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day because you're going to get bored with that because typically if you are a entrepreneur, you don't like the exact same thing every day. And I think that's when sometimes you burn out and feel kind of over it when you just work and work and work and you don't even know what you're doing sometimes. Like there's days I'm at the gym. I'm like, I don't even need to be here. I should just go home and I'll go home because I'm like, what am I doing here today? I don't have work to get done. And so I think getting to that point where, you know, you get through your work because, you know, if I get it done, then I go home. So that makes me more productive to get things checked off my list and knocked out. So I know because and you probably know. There's people listening to this and going, well, that's great that you have really good managers that can do all of these things for you, but my staff can't. I've delegated to them and they don't get it done, or I can't find people who want to work those hours. So, or they are like, I thought I had a good person and then they just sucked. They just didn't get anything accomplished. So how did you manage in the middle of nowhere with a thousand people to choose from, get these great people who love your business as much as you do and are able to execute within your business? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think first it's looking for the right things. All of the people at my gym had some sort of like, maybe they did dance when they were a kid or maybe they did cheer in high school or, you know, whatever it might be. But none of them had, you know, they hadn't coached a bunch of cheer or coached a bunch of dance. They were just people that I knew were really good people. And I, a lot of them, of course, coming from a small town, I do know a lot of them. So that sometimes helps me as far as that, because I I knew, you know, Addie was a really great person. So I knew she was probably gonna be great with kids or whatever it might be. But I think wherever you are, you have to know what you're like rigid. They have to be this right before you hire them. Don't look for that person that's going to be able to go right in and start coaching. Look for that person who has those great qualities, right? Like when you talk to them, you can just tell they really like being around kids and they really like talking to parents. My girl at the front desk, she is awesome at talking to parents. We can be so annoyed with whoever it is. And she's just like, oh yeah, it's fine. Have a good day. You know, like the personality is everything in a person. And I think the other thing is being patient. It's very easy when you say, okay, I want to hire somebody to want to hire them now. And sometimes it just takes waiting for that right person because rather than train the wrong person, like you said, and then they just suck at it, which I mean, will happen occasionally too. But generally speaking, if you're patient and wait for that 
you know, person that you know is the right fit, it's better off in the end than just hiring someone to hire someone because chances are it's not going to work out. And then you'll be frustrated with the process and tell everyone it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you've invested a lot of time into these people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when they started, and it's one of those two, when they started, they were just coaching, you know, a couple hours a week and I could just see it. And then when they started that there was a really good possibility that I, I could keep them long-term and Morgan actually, she went to nursing school. I got her to start coaching when she was in nursing school. So it was never supposed to be permanent. And I just kept working at her like, Morgan, this could be your full-time job. You know, you know, I could make this a job for you, you know, and I, I kind of figured out a way to make that happen for her at that time. I don't know that I was ready to hire. She would have been my, my third full, full-time person. I don't know that I was ready technically for it, but I saw like the opportunity to get this great person and I didn't want to pass that up. And so I figured out a way to make it happen. So sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. You know, these people kind of appear and, and you're like, wow, this is a really great person. I can't let them go. And, um, that's kind of what happened with Morgan. She, uh, literally was a full-time nurse for a couple months and she said, Hey, is that job still an option? And I said, yeah, like, do you want it? And you know, that's kind of how it came for her. So it's kind of, it's kind of exciting to look back and see those things at the time, you know, you had no idea, but looking back, they were all just coaches. They weren't anything huge then, but now they're like a pivotal part of, you know, quantum as it is. So. Well, that's amazing. So how many hours a day do you think you work in or on your gym? So with the new addition aside, obviously like building the swim school and um, that kind of is its own monster right now. But um, with that aside, I probably, I probably average, I would say four to five hours a day tops. There are a couple days a week that I maybe do more, but then um, for example, today is my day that I, I only work a couple hours and then I go pick up my girls and I take them to swimming. So I have it built in my schedule now that it's, it's pretty regular, but I would say on average, it's probably four to five hours. Okay. That's not very much. No, it's, it's really not. It, of course, like any gym or any business, it goes in spurts. There's weeks where, you know, three people are sick and this happens and this happens and you are the one that has to cover those things, obviously. But generally speaking, I think it is to this point where it's really just a well-oiled machine that aside from those dramatic weeks, and, you know, you have those crazy parents still and all those things. But generally speaking, it's a pretty well-oiled machine that I can kind of trust the girls to really take the reins and, and let it go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think you can uh, you can get away from crazy parents or, or crazy customers anywhere. It doesn't matter what you do or what industry you're in. And I think that's one of the things that people oftentimes get confused is they're like, oh, well, if I just leave cheer, I won't have to deal with these grumpy, crazy people. And it's like, no, people get just as frustrated about the way their burrito is made. Like just go read reviews for any restaurant or anything else. Like people just complain. Yeah. I mean, any industry you deal with people, you're going to have difficult people. I think it's just finding the right person that can deal. Like I said, my front desk girl, she can take any parent and just be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Have a great day. You know, (laughs) you just have to take those with a grain of salt and and find the right people to deal with them. And every once in a while, maybe there's a parent that you can't handle. But generally speaking, it's it's minuscule and it counts to all the good of the rest of the business for sure. Now, you don't obviously have to tell us any amount, but I'm assuming you make your living from your business, correct? Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is all I've got aside from, like I said, I've got a few other things. I do a clothing business with my mom, but that's definitely on the side. That was kind of a fun side product project. We started during COVID for something to do. 
which was silly. <laughs> yeah, the gym is all I do. I uh, my husband farms, so he's got his own gig, and then I do quantum the rest of the time. And then hopefully, I'm going to add in this swim school with quantum too, and um, we'll see where that takes us. Because I just am never content. I always want to do more, which is always a good thing. But then sometimes I'm like, I'm a little crazy too. But yeah, it is 100% possible to take a gym and make it be your full time everything. I think it just takes making that leap and trusting it and finding someone who has the resources to lead you in the right direction. I don't think anybody out there is going to know how to run a gym without making a bunch of mistakes. So having a mentor or someone that can kind of help you, you know, miss a few of those mistakes and kind of a few of those big things that will kind of come up that are going to cost you sometimes. I think that is key, especially starting out as a gym owner. Any of those things you can avoid are definitely definitely going to make a huge difference. Yeah. So what is something you wish you knew when you started your gym that you now know? Like if you could go back in time and give yourself one or two pieces of just do this advice, what would it be? You know, there's a couple, it could go two different ways. Here. One of them would be stand your ground. Um, when I started, I was 20 years old and I kind of, I want to, it was pretty early on. Like I said, I joined next gen about two years in my gym. So it wasn't that far in, but I would let parents tell me like, Oh, I don't really want to do that. I'm like, okay, let's just change. Let's do something else. Or, you know, um, I just, I didn't believe in myself enough to know that I was the owner and I was capable of making big decisions and I didn't need anyone's help as, as far as parents go to make those decisions. So that would probably be on that side of it. On the other side of it was like, don't sell myself short kind of along those same lines. When I opened my gym and kind of priced everything and did everything, I, I almost thought that just because I was in a small town, I wasn't worth as much. And kind of through NextGen, that's kind of one of the big things I've done is, you know, raise my prices and really showing my value because just because my gym is in a town that doesn't have a Walmart doesn't mean the classes <laughs> we're giving aren't as good. And honestly, sometimes they're better. And, you know, I think I have to know that I'm worth that just because they might have to drive to come see me doesn't mean that they're not getting an exceptional product when they're here. And I think that's something that I've really grown to know is, is that I'm worth a lot and my gym is worth a lot and I can't sell myself short in any way. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love both of those. I'm a, you know, I'm a really big fan of charging more and uh, I think the industry is grossly underpriced, but that's awesome. So if you had any piece of advice that you wanted to give to the cheer industry or anything you would want to wave a magic wand and fix within the cheer gymnastics industry, what would that be? I think the one thing that I've seen the most kind of amongst my clients in general, and of course, just the industry as a whole is we think that we should slave ourselves all this time and make no money just to make it a like an offerance to the community or an offerance to people. Like they really want to make sure, Oh, I want to make sure this kid gets to do cheer. And I want to do that just as much as the next guy. But at the same time, if you're slaving yourself and working for nothing, where are you going to be in 10 years when those 200 kids that you've got don't have a cheer gym anymore because you closed because you just couldn't take it anymore. I think for whatever reason, people think cheer shouldn't make money or tumbling or whatever it is, mainly cheer though. I see in the industry as a whole that, you know, you talk to other owners at competitions and stuff and they're like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't take a paycheck cause I just do it for the kids and you are doing it for the kids, but you can't continue to do that on a forever cycle or you just burn out. Or, I mean, 
even worse than you're just not there anymore. And then what do those kids have? A hundred percent. I mean, look at, look at private or charter schools, right? Like they do it for the kids. They're doing it to educate the kids, but you pay a lot of money to go there and all those people get paid. But for some reason in this industry, we have this weird mind virus of like, it's supposed to be a service and you can be of service and be a profitable business at the same. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve, you deserve to be compensated. So I, I, I do have to ask, do you regret your decision to not be a doctor? You know, I don't. I don't think I do. Because looking back, that would have been, I don't know, eight more years of school or something. And that would literally be right now. So I'd literally be just now getting done with school. And, you know, as much as I loved school, I don't think I loved it that much. And I just love the freedom that I have now. You know, yeah, a doctor might make a lot of money, but they spend so many hours working and not many hours home with their kids. Um, so I don't regret it one bit. I I enjoy my space I'm in now. I have the freedom to do things I want to, but I also still feel the fulfillment of having a career and having, um, you know, I'm still helping people just in a different way than I originally kind of planned on helping people. And so I think just the fulfillment alone makes this decision like a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking you traded student loans for small business loans and which one's better. And I think small business loans would be a better thing to have payback than student loans. My dad joked after, you know, I, uh, I could have just paid for your gym instead of your school. And I said, yeah, that probably would have been smart because <laughs> then I paid for the gym myself. But uh, I don't regret it. It was, you know, school was still school. I, I ended up getting a psychology degree out of it. And I think that's still helpful in, you know, the mind of parents and kids and all the things. So I definitely think it still gets a little bit of use sometimes. And I don't, I don't regret that time. I grew as a person then and um, it kind of helped me get, you know, where I am. So. Yeah, no, that's, I, I mean, I love that. I think school is important, but obviously, you know, like your dad said, he could have paid for buying you a gym instead of paying for school, but at least you didn't go all the way through the PhD. So like, yeah, yeah. Saved him some money and you missed out on residency and all those wonderful things. Yeah. Last question, because I'm not a mom. How do you balance it all being the great mom to your two kids, but also being actually there for your staff and your athletes in the program? Yeah, I think this depends on the day. Some days I feel like I'm killing it and I'm just great at both. And then other days, of course, it's a roller coaster and I feel like, you know, my staff are missing me or my kids are missing me. But I think it's just like I was saying before, I have to just really stay on top of it and remember to appreciate my staff and remember to appreciate my kids at the same time. So the more I can kind of plan, I know I say planning a lot, but the more I can kind of plan really like quality time, I plan meetings with Morgan and Addie once a week just to sit down and say, Hey, are there any things I can help you with? Same with my kids. If I plan to make time for my kids, which also sounds bad, but if you don't plan for it, it won't be there. I think that's the best part of it. Um, but no matter what, nobody's ever going to feel like they're killing everything all the time. It's a roller coaster. Some days I feel like I'm a great mom. Other days I'm like, I get in bed after I put the kids to bed, you know, and I'm like, God, that was terrible today, you know? And I'd say every mom feels the same. And I'm sure you feel that as a dad sometimes too, that, you know, man, I was really good to my kids today. Or man, that was a bad day. But I think the only advice for that is just trying to give everybody as much of you as you can and kind of keep an equal balance while still kind of getting a little time for yourself. You can't forget about yourself and all of it or you'll lose yourself. 
And I think that happened for me um, kind of a, a year or so back when my dad had his accident. I kind of forgot about taking care of myself because everybody else just kind of became the priority. And I think if you want to be a good business owner and you want to be a good mom, it starts with you. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with self-care. We've kind of talked about that before too. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself because that's where the energy is going to come to kind of be able to go in seven directions. So I think don't forget to make yourself a priority is important too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is one of the things that a lot of owners forget uh, in general is to prioritize themselves and and even parents. I'm a big believer that you actually have to put yourself first, even though your kids are the most important thing. If you don't, if you're not healthy, if you don't take care of yourself, if you're not in a good mental space, you're not going to be good for your kids either. So you got to number one, first and foremost, you have to take care of yourself and make sure that you're taken care of. Now there's times where that goes by the wayside. And I think it changes based off of the age of your kids, right? Like when they're one through five, you, you're pretty much all in. You've got to, like, they can't take care of themselves at all. At six, they start to be a little bit more, like barely starting to be independent. But where I'm at the stage, <laughs> my kids, I'm, I'm trying to convince them like, no, you're going to do your own laundry. You're going to feed yourself. Like you're in middle school, figure it out, dude. Like you're going to be out of the house sooner. Yeah. I talked to Danielle about that, that, um, you know, when I would feel like I wasn't getting anything, she's like, sometimes your gym just needs to be in maintenance mode while you're really just like taking care of the two-year-old. And then, you know, then your gym gets back in growth mode and it kind of really pushes really hard to grow. And I'm finally about to that growth mode, obviously with trying to open a whole nother business related to that. But, um, my kids are kind of a little bit self-sufficient that I can do that. Yeah. That's a quite the endeavor to open a swim school as well. And a preschool. We're doing it all. All right. Well, I am so grateful for your time. Do you have any other parting words of wisdom, any other stories, anecdotes, something that our listeners need to know about your gym, your experience? You know, I think just as a whole, don't forget to make the business a priority. Obviously, coaching cheer teams is fun and exciting, but look at the backside of your business and find you a mentor, find somebody who can help you grow your business. Obviously, I am forever endowed to next gen. Cause that's kind of what got me where I am. But regardless of who or what, if it's, you know, another coach or another somebody, find somebody that can be that mentor for you because until you decide to make the business a priority, the business is not going to get where you want it to be. And, um, I was saying this yesterday about, you know, getting to conference, like you can cancel one cheer practice and your gym won't end. You've got to get with like-minded people and you've got to get growing that, that inside of your business. Cause that core is where the growth is going to come from. And you'll never get where you want to be without that. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for listening. If you love this episode, send us an email. Let us know. We'll have Samantha back. We, we kind of have a close line on her. She is one of our next gen coaches. So uh, whenever I'm sitting here being like, we've got all these great coaches in next gen that you can work directly with. Samantha is one of those people. So if you're looking to sign up and you're like, man, I identify with that. I need to learn from people like that. Here's your time. You got the opportunity. So we're here for you. We got your back and we would love to have you. So thank you, Samantha. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. 
And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.